It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Of course, i got to tell you about Football Insider here right off the top where you get access to exclusive stories on Cleveland.com about the Browns. You get a daily newsletter uh, emailed to you written by a member of our Browns team. Uh, That comes exclusively to our Football Insider subscribers. And then, of course, there's our text subscription as well where we'll text you uh, during the day with updates and news, analysis. Uh, The really cool part about this, honestly, I've told you guys about the Zoom stuff we do, but I think the really cool part about it is... Uh, like you text us, you text us back, and I can text directly back to you. It doesn't go out to the big group. It's just a conversation we can have and you can have with our other Browns writers uh, as well, which I think is kind of one of the cool ways uh, to connect with all of you and for all of you to connect with us. So check out Football Insider if you go to cleveland.com browns. Click on the blue banner up at the top of the page and you'll get information there and you can get yourself signed up. Now, here's our podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It is our picks edition, week 15. I am Dan Lobby, and let me introduce you to our esteemed panel before we get into our picks. We pick three games each week against the spread, and then we all pick the Browns game as a fourth game every week when I hit record on this podcast, I'm reminded of that arrested development gif. I think it's Job who's saying I I've made a terrible mistake because our picks are not going great right now, <laughs> but uh, here we go. Ellis Williams, 29, 26 and one overall, but one and three last week. Yeah. Tough week. I think my only win would have been that Vikings game over uh, Tampa, Tampa over Minnesota and, Fitting with me being from there, and it was just a strange game. Dan Bailey missed 10 points worth of kicks, and the Eagles beat the Saints. These things happen in the NFL, you know. We're not perfect. I think it was the never lost tweet, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, I was at Mary Kay, never lost. <laughs> uh, I am 26 and 30. I treaded water last week, two and two. Thank you, Miami Dolphins, for the cheapest cover. I will, I will take it. I was not feeling good when I'm sitting there watching red zone and the uh, chiefs had opened up that 30 to 10 lead, despite playing the worst half of football I've ever seen them play. Uh, Doug Lay Maurice is here as well. One and three last week, 25 and 31 overall. I don't know what your record is against Ellis though. I always forget to check. I can't I- believe Ellis said, Oh, his one win was over the Vikings. He meant it was over Doug. Just say it was over Doug Ellis. <laughs> 
I, I was seeing if we would bring it up first. I'm, I'm thank you for acknowledging it. Four and zero now, I believe, but who's counting? <laughs> I will say, in my defense, I'm pretty good at picking the games of the team that we actually cover. Yes. I just don't know <laughs> anything about anything else in the NFL. <laughs> Doug, I did. I went fifteen and one one year picking the Browns. Nice. Well, I have a goal then. That's my goal. I did. I went <laughs> That's my goal. I can't remember what year it was, but. You know, if, if you get on a roll and you pick it right one week, then you can just kind of keep going. But if you get off track and then you try to overcompensate, you just get all screwed up. That's where I'm at right now. When you overthink things. That voice, of course, that you hear is Mary Kay Cabot. Not the first one of these we've taken, but she took the O for last week, 18 and 30 on the season, Mary Kay. I, I mean, one of those games was that Chiefs-Dolphins game. Uh, there, there were some cheap losses for you last week. Wait, what did they go last week? Was it? Uh, you really want me to repeat it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Wait a minute. I thought I, I thought the Packers didn't. I thought I got the Packers. Uh, I'll, I'll double check. I'll double check. But I think yeah, uh, I got the Packers. They, they didn't. I, I picked them to not. Well, maybe you're one in three then. OK, we'll have to we'll have to do a recount, I guess, of, uh, of Mary Kay's record. Uh, and then also our text subscriber our football insider subscriber uh ray rasilla went one and three last week uh football insiders are now 22 and 34 and trying again to write that ship uh is steven aurora joining us here on the pod steven welcome hey thanks for having me okay uh let's get to it ellis again you get to kick us off here all right well i feel great about this week's picks uh there's a lot of interesting matchups uh some lower numbers which you like to see in the nfl it's usually a touchdown field goal type of game in this league so my first game is going to be the patriots plus one at miami uh two weeks ago bill belichick faced justin herbert a rookie quarterback uh four games before herbert faced bill he was averaging 300 yards passing a game two touchdowns and had a 67 percent completion percentage versus the patriots Justin Herbert had only a 49% completion percentage through two interceptions, no touchdowns, and only 209 yards. Point is, Bill Belichick knows what to do against rookie quarterbacks. That's who the Dolphins have in starting Tua, since it won't be Fitzpatrick. So I just think Tua's in trouble in this one, and also Miami has a pretty weak run defense, and all that's all the Patriots want to do is run. So I think the Patriots went outright, and I'm getting a point. So give me Bill Belichick versus rookie QB. I'm going the opposite way on you. I'm, uh, I'm going to ride my Dolphins here. They got me a win last week. I'm going to take them here against the, uh, against the Patriots. Even when the Patriots were like the Super Bowl winning dynasty Patriots, the Dolphins just for whatever reason always caused them problems. I really like that Dolphins defense. I know you said they're not very good against the run, but I like that defense overall. Uh, I'm going to make the, uh, the always nervous move of betting against Bill Belichick. And like you mentioned, that rookie quarterback. But I like what the Dolphins are doing. And so I want the Dolphins minus the one over the Patriots. Yeah, and they and they need a win, you know, for, for the playoff picture in the wild card. So the urgency may be there compared to where New England's at. I'm with Dan on this one. I, I got the Dolphins. I'm taking the Dolphins here. Uh, you know, the, the Dolphins need every victory they can possibly get right now. Uh, they've got a lot to play for. And uh, that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> God, I want to gang up on Ellis so bad. I didn't pick this game, but now I want to pick it. Steven, are you ganging up on Ellis? I want to hear that Steven is also taking the Dolphins. Uh, no, actually, uh, I'm taking New England. And uh, the, all right. just kind of the same reasoning. One is the rookie quarterback uh, versus Bill Belichick, but also 
the rookie quarterback having to win a big game in a, you know, first year in the NFL, uh, the pressure starts to ratchet up uh, at the end of the year. Um, and Tua, you know, I think he's getting a lot of uh, uh, good press, you know, deservedly so, but um, I'm, I'm more inclined to take a, uh, a Bill Belichick team than a rookie quarterback who has to win a big game because I believe the Dolphins are sitting in the eighth seed or the, or excuse me, the seventh seed. Yeah, well, they might be eighth now. I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, they're right there. But they got to win because the I believe the Raiders are playing tonight, so um, they're going to be watching that. And um, yeah, I'm going to go against the rookie quarterback. You were right. The Dolphins are the Dolphins are seventh, uh, right ahead of Baltimore and Las Vegas. And of course, Baltimore has that easy schedule coming up. So yeah, it's uh, yeah they they got to start. They got to keep winning football games. Uh, okay, so we almost had the clean sweep of that one. Everybody picking that game, but unfortunately, Doug did not decide to jump on board. So, Doug, what is your first game? At least it's split. The worst thing, the idea, we all yeah. loved Deshaun <laughs> Watson and the Texans last week, and we could not have jinxed him more. They lost by 30. Like, it is <laughs> the idea that we are paid professionals. We were in agreement <laughs> And they lost by 30. So let's just make sure that we don't have a five-way agreement on anything else the rest of the year. Oh, my God. Hey, can I, I – I, I want to throw something out there for you guys to think about. This is my – I don't know what to call it. I'm kind of – I'm trying to, to cook up this take a little bit. Because I'm watching Deshaun Watson, and he's throwing the ball to this guy. The, the sun gets in his eyes. He drops it. The Texans lose by 30. If you're the New York Jets, would you call up the Houston Texans and say, hey – you guys want to, you guys don't have any draft picks. You want to start over. We'll take Deshaun. You guys get Trevor Lawrence. You get to rebuild your franchise. Would, would, do you think either of those teams would entertain that deal? I think I, whatever team could land Dabble Sweeney at the same time would entertain that. Uh, deal. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna answer that one. I don't think it's possible. There'd be so much dead money for Houston, right. but it's I've, been, I've been trying to, to sort that one out in my head. Anyway, that's a different pod. I think one more thing on that. I think, the only person wild enough to trade Deshaun Watson would have been Bill O'Brien, and he's not there Probably anymore. Right. So I don't think we're we're operating in a plausible terms there, but you never know. I I, I won the Lions Packers game last week, by the way. <laughs> oh, meanwhile, audit okay. is over. All right. Now I'm now I'm going to go back week by week. <laughs> all right well i side i sidetracked us but everybody kind of think that through try and make the case for each team I'm, i think there's a case to be made there uh anyway let's move on uh doug what was your pick i didn't make it yet okay so i'm playing catch a falling stealer i think it is absolutely on the table for this team to start 11 and 0 and finish 0 and 5 I actually, I think they are in free fall. I do not think Cincinnati this week is a get right game for them. I think they are in trouble. And so I'm taking Cincinnati plus 13. I mean, if you put, if you made me pick it and said, who's going to win the game, I guess I'd pick Pittsburgh, but I will gladly take anybody. I would take the Jets getting 13 against Pittsburgh right now. I think they are feeling it. I think they are figuring out where their flaws are. I just, I just will not at all be shocked if, if Cincinnati actually pulls this upset, but I, I love getting nearly two touchdowns. Anybody so, else on that? I thought about that one. So I looked at this game and then I looked at the drive sheet for the Bengals last week against the lowly Cowboys. And I'm just going to run through it. They had the ball 
eight, nine times. It went fumble, 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 three fumbles, first three possessions. Then they finally scored punt, punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. That's so, tough to side with. All it's they tough. have to do is not fumble and not turn it over <laughs> on downs, and they are good to go. <laughs> all right. Ellis, what's your second game? All right. So speaking of the Cowboys, this is actually the reason I looked up this uh, Bengals-Cowboys game because I saw the 49ers uh, three-point favorites at Dallas, and I just thought about the Cowboys' terrible rush defense and how much the Niners run the football. And after seeing that, you know, a lopsided game like that, Cowboys beat the Bengals 30-7, to I wondered why. Well, I just explained why. Weird game. The Bengals are in a really bad spot right now. So I think the Niners run all over Dallas. Um, the Cowboys, or excuse me, the Niners played Washington last week, uh, only lost by eight points, and they needed a Chase Young freak game. He scored a touchdown, and they also punted nine times. So the Niners still played – uh, a, a tough defense well last week and now they get the, the terrible Cowboys. So I think the Niners winning by more than three is a safe spot to land. Anybody else on this one? Again, this is another one I kind of looked at for a little while. Um, okay. So 49ers minus three over the Cowboys. I'm going to give my second game here. And this is sort of the opposite of what Doug is doing to the Steelers. I'm looking at this Broncos bills game. And there's two things kind of at work in my head here. The Bills are just on fire, right? They're the hot team. Everybody loves them. Second best team in the AFC. And I'm buying into the Bills hype for sure. But I also know the Broncos are really good defensively. Vic Fangio, great defensive coordinator. We saw what he did against the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. So I think this game, Broncos plus six over the Bills. I'm going to say the Bills play a little bit of a shaky game in this one. And so the Broncos at the very least keep it close. I believe it's at home. I believe it's in Denver. Um, so I'm going to kind of go against the hot team here and I'm going to take the underdog Broncos plus six over the Buffalo bills. I thought about that one too, Dan. Um, but I don't know. Josh Allen is so hot. See, you didn't think about it. You could not bring yourself <laughs> to bet against Josh Allen. <laughs> I, no, I, I thought about taking the game. But I did. I thought about taking the game because you guys know I like to kind of bet the quarterbacks and how they're doing and whatever. And then a guy like Deshaun Watson completely lets you down. And Russell Wilson lets you down. And Aaron Rodgers lets you down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, so I didn't want to bet. I didn't want to bet against Josh, who, by the way, is an MVP candidate this year. Mm -hmm. who, who can even believe it? So Mary Kay, what is your second game? My second game is because I did so well with the Packers last week, Dan. Yep. <laughs> one game against the Lions. I have it written down here if you want to see. I have it here. Last week, Lions taking the Lions in the What can point. I say? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing it again. They're favored by nine over the Panthers, okay? I'm picking the Panthers. I'm taking the Panthers and the points. Wow. I think the Packers are going to win. I just don't think they're going to win by nine points. They have one three straight. Rodgers has thrown 39 touchdown passes. Speaking of an MVP, my goodness. Wants his third straight. Um, the Panthers have lost six of their last seven. Their defense is playing horribly. But still, I'm going to say that uh, it's not going to be a nine-point margin. All right. So there we go. There's your second game. Uh, the Panthers 
uh, at nine and a, what was it, nine you said? Yes. Yes, there we go, I wrote it down wrong. Okay, so uh, Doug, what's your second game? So I didn't take the Cowboys game, but I'm taking all the other NFC East games. <laughs> I like Washington plus six against Seattle. I think, obviously, you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. If Alex Smith can't get back healthy, they're going to have to go to Dwayne Haskins, but they will go to Dwayne. They will handcuff him. They, will, they won't let him throw a ball more than four yards downfield. And then what you talked about, Ellis, Chase Young having a monster game. That's Chase. Like, this is Chase Young. And it's, it's, he is in the same spot that Nick Bosa was last year that, I mean, you are a, a young defensive end who makes that kind of impact on your franchise immediately. Washington is playing to win this division. They're getting six versus Seattle. Maybe they don't win. Seattle plays a bunch of close games. I think it's very possible Washington wins, but I definitely like getting six. So I'll take the Washington football team with a fair amount of confidence. Seattle's been tough to go to, uh, to figure out this year with that defense, but also one of the best offenses in football. Steven, did you have this game or do you have another one? Yeah, I took that one. I took the football team because uh, a couple of reasons. One, uh, the football team, I still struggle to struggle to say that. They, um, they remind me a lot of the 2018 Browns kind of getting a little bit of momentum at the end of the year, a little bit of confidence. You can kind of see that they're gelling a little bit. Um, and then also Seattle struggled against, uh, the giants a couple weeks ago. And I feel like there's some similarities between the football team and the giants, not a great offense, but the ability to make plays on the defensive line is Seattle's offensive line really that good. Um, and so I think there's a little bit of play in there. And then I'm also rooting for Ron Rivera. I think it's a great story uh, uh, for the for the NFL this year in the 2020 year. So um, I had a little bit of little bit of brain, a little bit of heart, um, and I'm taking the football team. All right. Uh, let's anybody else on this one? Okay. Let's go ahead and move on. I'll give you my third pick. I'm taking uh, the Chiefs this week over the Saints. This is a tough game because this is two good football teams. The Saints are a really good defense, uh, but I, I still just think the Chiefs are the better football team. I like them and the three points. I don't believe we have a status yet for Drew Brees, if it's at all possible that he'll come back this week. But even if he does, he's been out forever. He broke like every rib in his body. So I don't care if it's Brees or Taysom Hill. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs minus three in this game. I think the Chiefs are just toying with people right now. Dan, we have double disagreement this week. I'm on the <laughs> other side of this one. I'm taking the Saints plus three, and I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I literally have written down no data here. Just think the Saints need a statement win, and this is it. After Doug and Steven just talked about Washington, I really should flip this pick because that Washington pick makes a lot more sense than this one, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'll pick the Saints plus three. The, the Chiefs are just an anomaly. They're they're frightening. Uh Pat Mahomes threw three interceptions and took like the longest sack in NFL history last week. And they still won just fine against the playoff team. Um, so I don't feel great about this, but sort of how Doug uh, talked about in the middle of the season, how, you know, the NFL is just kind of like a pendulum, you know, swings back and forth. This just feels like a spot where the saints need to get right and have a statement win. it's not in prime time or anything like that, but plus three, it's a good defense. Um, it probably will be Taysom Hill. Perhaps the chiefs can't defend a, a, that sort of unpredictable angle in that and they can get a win in the Superdome. I wish some fans were there, you know, considering this game wasn't played in 20, 2020 and make me feel a lot better, but still it is a Superdome. <laughs> All right. Wait a minute. Before we go any further real quick, 
don't my know. Son, my son's texting me. He wants to know, Corey Davis, Marvin Jones, or Curtis Samuel in fantasy this week? <laughs> how many How many 24-year-old young men ask their mother for fantasy? <laughs> live, live fantasy advice here no, on the no Orange Marvin Jones. <laughs> That's no awesome. Marvin, <laughs> no Marvin Jones because Chase Daniels starting that game, right? I'm saying Corey yep. Davis, right? I would for America. What about Curtis Samuel? I like Curtis Samuel. I like Curtis Samuel, but which one? I say Corey Davis. I say Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Corey. All right. Let's go, Corey Davis. I was sure Mary Kay was interrupting to say, "Hey, in week five, I also got this game right," and Dan didn't get. That's what I thought too. Take me. I'm going to get a spreadsheet going after this, and I'll have the information next week. Well, Mary Kay, give us your third game before you get working on that. Oh my gosh. My third game, and I don't feel good about it, but, you know, whatever. Um, imagine that. Uh, I've got the Titans favored by 11. They're hosting the Lions. As I mentioned, I'm pretty sure Matthew Stafford is out this game and that Chase Daniel is going to be starting this game. Titans are at home. I think they can beat them by 11, so I'm, I'm taking the Titans to cover. Corey Davis. Big game for Corey Davis. Yeah, well, I almost <laughs> had to say. Big game Corey. for Derrick Henry. If, uh, if you're taking that one. I looked at this game a little bit, too. But I just, uh, I don't know. The Lions have been feisty. I like it's saying big, that about teams. It's They're a big feisty. margin. I know, I know. It's a big margin. And if it were Matthew Stafford, I, I, wouldn't have, I would not be taking the Titans. Doug, what's your third game? So it's the other NFC East game. I think what the Eagles did last week, it reminded me of what we talk about when a coach gets fired and like you expect a bounce. It's like they shed themselves of the weight, the burden of Carson Wentz, who was dragging down a franchise all his own. Jalen Hurts, Hurts doesn't have to be perfect. He just has to be not Carson Wentz. <laughs> so that was a good win for the, a very good win for them against New Orleans. They're getting six and a half against Arizona. All these NFC East teams, except they're all getting like six or six and a half this week. I'm I, maybe they won't win. You know, Kyler's been was great early, but I'll take six and a half. So I'll take Philadelphia plus six and a half at Arizona, and again, feel pretty good. I don't trust the rookie quarterback uh, with film on him. That would that would be my only argument against. It. I think Arizona looked really good. Arizona looked like Arizona again last week. You know, Kyler looked like Kyler again. Uh, so, so they're, they may be there starting to trend back uh, in the right direction. Steven, give us your uh, last game here. Oh, Ellis. Sorry. Real, yeah. Real quickly on the Eagles. I just, I can't trust Doug Peterson. Like there's been, there's numbers out there that show the Eagles have been a good running team all year and they just wouldn't run the ball. Carson wins. And then all of a sudden they run the ball a bunch all over a really good run defense. Like I just don't understand that. So it, you just, I just don't know what Doug Peterson I'm going to get either. So the, the Eagles are just a, a cluster to me. You just like to slander Doug's. You just have something against Doug's, and I'm not going to stand for it. <laughs> not to me. Frank Reich's star continues to rise just a little more every time the Eagles lose with Doug Peterson at the helm. All right, Stephen, give us your last game. So, I, yeah, I wanted to pick a, the game that was most intriguing to me. I don't know if it's, you know, the smartest one, but it's Bears-Vikings. Um, both teams are 6-7. and seven. And uh, I think the losers pretty much can be out of the playoff race. So I thought that'd be a kind of fun game to pick. I like, uh, I'm going to take the bears. Um, I can't remember the exact line on it, 
but um, I, I, I was thinking about, you know, both the quarterbacks to me, it's kind of a wash. Um, and then I started thinking about the bears defense versus Dalvin cook. Can they, you know, can they shut down Dalvin cook and can they force force Kirk cousins into turnovers? And so when I look at kind of all phases of the game, you know, I feel like the bears defense is probably the best in that game. Uh, which is why I wanted to take the bears and they'll stay alive. I don't feel a lot of confidence because um, I don't like their coach. I feel like he tries to be more creative than smart, kind of like, you know, the opposite of Stefanski, uh, which is why I love Stefanski. Um, but I feel like, uh, I feel like the bears defense is going to be the turning point, maybe some short fields or something out of that. Yeah. I'm looking at this one, the bears uh, plus three and a half uh, against the Vikings here. So Ellis, you're a Vikings whisperer. Good pick. It's it's a fair pick, but I will say this: if the Vikings lose, and if it looks bad, there's going to be a lot of rumblings about Zimmer mm-hmm. not being there anymore. And it's just been such a strange year for the Vikings. And the Bears were this like good team and bad team, and now all of a sudden again against the Texans. So it's just it's been a weird year in that division. Okay, I think that's everybody. We got uh, three games for everybody. So I'll reset us here. We'll pick the Browns. Three, two, one. So now it is time to pick the Browns game. Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Douglas Maurice, Ellis Williams, and our football insider subscriber, Stephen Aurora. I've got this at six. Uh, The Browns favored by six. That has moved, I believe, quite recently. I think it was at four and a half for a while. Um, so if any of you are looking at that four and a half, you're going to have to maybe change on the fly here because we've, we've got it at Browns minus six. Steven, you are our guest. So you get to go first on this one. Sure. Thanks sir. Let me go first. Um, so I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the Browns, uh, the, with the six, given the six, uh, there's a couple of reasons why one, um, I feel like the coaching staff for the Browns has, uh, you know, changed kind of the expectations of the team. I feel like they've become more of a professional team uh, and, you know, getting away from the nonsense. And I also feel like we've every week we've had a question with the Browns. It's, you know, it's the question of what, well, I want to see them do this or can they do this in this game? And it seems like to happen uh, every week. Um, and I think the um, last week it was, well, you know, before the game, can they beat a good team again can they come back in a fourth quarter? So those answers were kind of quite, those uh, questions were answered for me. And then, um, you know, I think the, I think the question this week is, can they, as a young team come off of the emotional high of a, of a really big primetime game and then hop into another primetime game and win it. And uh, the reason why I feel comfortable with that, it's, it's because of the coaching staff and that one game uh, mentality. And also with the idea of, I feel like the coaching staff is going to do whatever they can to win that game, no matter what, uh, no matter who they're playing against. So they're going to scheme against that team and they're going to do the right thing. They're not going to be stubborn. Uh, so if they feel like they have advantage running the ball, they'll run it. They feel like they're going to open up the passing game, they'll pass it. And so I feel like the coaching staff really puts us on a, on a good path there. Um, and then the thing that I'm kind of looking at in the game is I believe Andrew Thomas is playing um, like most Browns fans in April, I became a left tackle expert, um, <laughs> and was reading every blog about left tackles. Um, and so I, you know, I, his name pops out and I've heard he, and I've read that he's had a, he's been struggling this year. 
And then I saw the highlights against uh, the Cardinals last week. And um, I believe uh, I forget his name, but there was a player for the Cardinals and he had like five sacks or something like that. Hassan Reddick. Uh, yeah. And he forced a bunch of uh, fumbles. So um, I think the Browns have a distinct advantage there. Um, and if there's one game, another game for Miles Garrett or even Olivier Vernon, because he's had such a good year, uh, you know, this last half of the year, um, I think there's a significant advantage there. So I'm going to take the Browns. I'm going to show some confidence because I believe in the coaching staff. And then, you know, as a guest picker, I don't think <laughs> I would ever uh, pet against the Browns just for the heck of it. So um, I'm going to take the Browns. All right. Well, Stephen, you also just won the job as host of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. <laughs> that was a sound, very sound analysis of, uh, of this game. I don't, I don't know that I have much more to add to that. Um, I'm, taking, I'm taking the Browns uh, minus the six as well. I've kind of been throwing out the 28-21 score, and I, I think it's one of those games that I don't even know that it'll – I feel like it's a game the Browns will be in control of, um, you know, and the score might be a little closer even than the, the game was. So – I'm sticking with that Browns minus uh, minus six as well. Mary Kay, what do you have? Well, you know, I am going to go with the Browns uh, minus six because uh, for a number of reasons, including the fact that, uh, you know, who knows if Daniel Jones is even starting this game. And if he does, he's got two bad legs. Uh, he's got a hamstring. He's got an ankle. Uh, if Colt McCoy plays, you know, Colt is just really not ready to run this offense uh, and then, of course, you know, we got the news today that their best cornerback is out for this game. What a huge blow for the New York Giants. He's tied uh, for the NFL lead with 17 pass breakups, Bradbury. I mean, that's just a tremendous blow. Uh, on the other side of the ball, of course, Denzel Ward is coming back. Uh, then you've got Freddie Kitchens, you know, calling the plays. They had to cancel their practice today. So here you don't even know who's starting at quarterback. And they had to cancel, which of course means that the Giants are going to go out and win by 30, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but all of these things say to me that the Browns can win this game by at least six. Ellis? Yeah, I agree with everything Stephen and Mary Kay said, and I'm going to add to it with an Will rant here. So just bear with me. Um, I think this would be the low light of the wait, season. Wait, 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 wait. Is this branded all of a sudden? The L. Will rant? L. Will rant. There we go. <laughs> put on t-shirts. We're working on it. We're working on it. I put some hats, some snapbacks for y'all. All right. But all right. So bear with me. I think this would be a low light losing in New York to the Giants. Uh, Kevin Spansky hasn't lost in this Brown team, haven't lost back-to-back -back games yet this season. Uh, doing so, of course, would be for the first time. Like Mary Kay said, no Bradbury. Colt McCoy threw for 105 yards um, when the Giants beat the Seahawks. It was really the ground game that helped New York beat Seattle and the Browns are have a much better run defense than a, a pass defense. So that plays into a Brown strength there. The giants are only averaging 18.3 uh, points per game. Their run defense ranks 14th. So I think Kevin Stefanski really could just diagram a game plan of keep away and a, a, a control the ball style of offense, which would then simply make it so the giants don't have the ball enough to generate the explosive plays necessary to keep up with the Browns. Uh, the Browns, or excuse me, the Giants only uh, average an explosive play about 8% of uh, snaps. That's near the bottom of the league where the Browns have a 12% explosive rate clip, which is tied for first with the Chiefs and the Vikings. That was surprising when I saw that today, but it makes a lot of sense 
with the way uh, those two offenses, both tied to Kevin Stefanski in Minnesota and, of course, Cleveland, uh, stretch the field with play action and whatnot, and then the, the running backs, having two premier running backs there, and then the Chiefs are the Chiefs. So it makes sense, but just that disparity there, I don't think the Giants can keep up. So simply, this is just a mismatch from roster to coaching staffs and especially the play caller, because my goodness, the two play callers here could not be more different <laughs> and the nation's going to see that Sunday night. So I think the Browns win by much more than six and that's a comfortable win. Doug. Just had to throw in a little Freddie slander there at the end, didn't you Ellis? Listen, <laughs> I do think Freddie kitchens wasn't a bad play caller when he didn't have to also be the head coach. So I don't think that's, what's going to, ruin the giants but i mean your play callers out that's a big deal for anybody the only reason that you wouldn't think this is going to be a blowout is because you think it's too good to be like everything points to the browns and and two weeks ago i think we all started to look at the giants okay so six weeks ago giants stink their browns will have no problem you look at the end of the season and it's an easy schedule then the giants start to do some stuff before getting blown out by the cardinals last week the Giants in their previous eight games were five and three, and their three losses were by one, two, and three points. They were like that close to being eight and out. And so all of a sudden, now you start talking yourself into, oh my gosh, is this like a game at the end of the year that's going to trip the Browns up? Everything Mary Kay just said, one team's getting their best cornerback, one team lost their best corner. One team's quarterback is playing as well as he's played all year. The other team, you don't know which quarterback's going to play, and frankly, they both stink. What Like everything points. And actually, if the Browns were coming off an emotional win, I would have a little more hesitation here. They're ticked. They played a really good game against the Ravens. They're not going to go in a hole because they lost. They're going to be mad because they lost. I think the Browns win by 21. I think they go, everything is against the Giants here. The Giants peaked and now are coming down the other side. This division is not theirs. Washington's going to take it. I don't know who the quarterback is for the Giants. It doesn't really matter. I just think this is another game. The Browns looked awesome against Tennessee and won. They played really well against Baltimore and lost, and they'll play really well this game, and I think win easily. I think this is like a this is like a 35 to 10. The Browns show everybody that they are really good. One last prediction from everybody. Are we gonna see some wishbone from the Giants on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> What Freddie will call at least one play that trolls the Browns, right? That is <laughs> oh, something, sure. right? For that sure. is either an exact play that he called last year for them or is a something, whatever. I don't know. There's something here. You know, I mean, I th if, if they had Bradbury and if they had a really healthy Daniel Jones, you know, I, I would, I would think that this, they could do something here, but without those two guys, Forget it. it. It's over. All right. So there we go. We got through all our picks. Next week, you guys can correct me on uh, the records that I give you uh, before, <laughs> before we go. Uh, Stephen, we ask everybody this. Uh, tell us why uh, you are one of our Football Insider subscribers. Oh, because I love the content. Um, I feel like it's uh, um, the information that you guys provide is uh, great work and the analysis and the, you know, and the opportunity to have these type of, um, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you know, discussions and to talk football, I feel like is a, a, a pretty cool thing. And um, so, yeah, I joined in. I love the text um, that 
that come out, uh, especially at 11:30 on Sunday mornings um, when the <laughs> when they announce that the roster or the, who's sitting out the game. So um, yeah, the information um, uh, in this day and age is quick. It's got to be quick. And um, you know, I have two little kids uh, and a newborn. Uh, one of them is a newborn, so um, the alerts help me to keep on top of the Browns. So thanks for all that and keep up the great work. All right. Well, congrats on the uh, congrats on the addition, the recent addition. And uh, <laughs> we appreciate you, of course, being one of our subscribers as we do everyone. If you want to get on board with this, uh, check out cleveland.com slash Browns. It's the blue banner at the top of the page. Coming up after the break, Mary Kay and I are going to talk to Zach Rosenblatt from NJ.com. He covers the Giants. So you can hear all about them. So Doug, Ellis, Mary Kay, Stephen, we'll see how these picks play out, I guess. And now we welcome on from our sister site, NJ.com, NJ Advanced Media. He covers the New York Giants, Zach Rosenblatt. Zach, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Of course. And uh, so first of all, the big question on everyone's mind heading into this game is, who is going to start at quarterback? Is it going to be Daniel Jones or our old friend, Colt McCoy? (laughs) At this point, I would be surprised if it's Daniel Jones. You know, he played on Sunday. He was clearly hampered by his hamstring injury that he had the week before. He he didn't run for the first time in his career, and that's kind of like part of his game. Did not look like himself. And then he sprained his ankle at some point in the first half. And the second half, he was kind of limping all over the place. So now he has two injuries he's dealing with, and they had practice canceled on Thursday uh, because of COVID stuff. So if he plays on Sunday, it's a testament how tough he is. But I don't know if they're necessarily putting themselves in position to win if he's out there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Jones, I, I know it's so important is his legs. He's yeah. the Giants' second leading rusher. How different of a quarterback is he if, if he can't run? I mean, it's it's an, almost the entirety of what he's capable of doing because, you know, the offensive line has struggled a lot of the year. They were, re- they were pretty bad against the Cardinals last week. He got sacked eight times, and I would say half of those sacks were because he couldn't escape. Um and he needs that escapability. Like, I mean, you, you guys, I'm sure, saw the run where he tripped and he ran 80 yards and tripped. I mean, like, he's capable of doing that sort of thing when he's fully healthy. And he's clearly not fully healthy. He's not really able to quite step into the same throws that he would. And I, I just, he just did not look – he looked like a shell of the guy he was prior to the injury, which is when he was playing his best football of the year. So it's unfortunate for him. But I, I wouldn't put him out there on Sunday if I was the Giants. Well, I tried to get this out of Joe Judge the other day, and, and he wouldn't bite on this. But, you know, I, I said, you know, does it factor into the decision that you have uh, one of the most ferocious pass rushers in the NFL in Miles Garrett uh, playing in this football game? And does that impact the decision on whether or not you can play a guy who's got uh, two injured legs? Now, he says that's going to have nothing to do with it whatsoever. Uh, but uh, I still think Olivier, Miles, you know, that that might be a factor. But tell us about Colt. I mean, if Colt starts this game, which you think it's going to happen, uh, will he be better prepared? Can he look better than he did when he played the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago? I don't know. I feel like Colt McCoy is kind of who he always has been. He's, you know, he's a capable game manager who's not really going to throw the ball down the field very much, and he's not really going to be able to run like Daniel Jones. Does. So they're kind of limited in what they can do when he's there. They're, they become a pretty run-heavy team these last few weeks. Um, they're going to need that. But, I mean, the Browns are going to know that's coming, especially, you know, just with the whole situation going on. And I don't know. I, 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 their ceiling is, is definitely lowered when Colt McCoy is at quarterback. But you, you, you trust him 
more to like not make too many mistakes than maybe if Daniel Jones, especially like you said, with like Miles Garrett and, and, uh, and Olivier Vernon, like coming around the edge, like he'll, he'll, I'm more confident in his ability to get rid of the ball than even Daniel Jones when he's healthy. So. Okay. So when you talk about that run game, there's obviously a, a very big missing piece uh, in Saquon Barkley, who's, who's been out uh, most of the year. You know, it seems like Wayne Gallman has been capable. Um, so how, how have the Giants been able to run the ball and, and how has he done? Obviously, he's not going to be Saquon, but how has he done filling in? Well, the funny thing, like obviously Saquon's the more dynamic, explosive guy, the guy you like point out on film and you prepare for. But like statistically speaking, they've they've run the ball even better than Saquon when they had Saquon last year. I mean, he was banged up last year. But like Wayne Gallman, he gets really tough yards and the run blocking has been as good as it's been all season the last like five weeks. And Wayne just keeps getting better each week. They call him Wayne Train around here. Um, and then, I mean, then randomly Alfred Morris kind of came out of nowhere. I don't even think I realized that he was still active, an active NFL player before they signed him off, off the practice squad because all the COVID stuff. And then he's been pretty productive for them too. So I think a lot of it comes down to just, they've been much better at run blocking than pass blocking. Um, and I'm more confident in their ability to run the ball on the Browns than pass it, especially with that pass rush coming in and the offensive line struggling lately. All right. Now the other big, huge question mark going into this game, Freddie Kitchens <laughs> calling the plays for the How Giants. About that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, there have been so many things about the Brown season that almost seem like a movie this year. And this just goes right along with the movie <laughs> that, that we are covering this year. Uh, so here, here comes Freddie Kitchens uh, bounding into the game to call plays. What to expect? Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's pretty insane that the timing of this, that, all of this happened the week they're playing the Browns is just like, so perfect. We talked to Freddie on Tuesday. Cause we talked, we talked to the position coaches either once a month or whatever it is. And we had no idea this was obviously coming. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I don't imagine it'll look much different than it has the last few weeks. Um, especially cause it's, a, you know, they're only basically going to have one practice with him, maybe a walkthrough on Saturday. So I, I still, I don't know if you're going to see them taking a lot of shots downfield. Um, I don't, they're probably going to run the ball a lot. I don't, I don't know how an inventive he is as a play caller. You guys would know that better than I would um, from his last two years in Cleveland. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't imagine there'll be too many drastic changes from what maybe they were preparing for with Jason Garrett, to be honest with you, but it, it, it is interesting. You know, I I'm, I'm writing about this for uh, Friday morning. Um, I'm, I'm not hundred percent convinced that Jason Garrett's going to be back next year as their offensive coordinator. And so in a way this could be an audition for Freddie kitchens. If he can get the off, the offense has been pretty bad this year. They haven't really scored the ball. They haven't really moved the ball in the passing game. If he can be the spark, then, I mean, that, he could be the, their offensive coordinator next year, for all I know. It wouldn't be the first time that Freddie took advantage of uh, <laughs> a small audition and, and parlayed it into a, into a much bigger job. Uh, who in that receiving core do you think is, is the guy that, that can do the most damage to the Browns? The guy that can – so Darius Slayton is definitely, like, their biggest threat. Um, he's struggled recently. They say he's not banged up. Um, I mean, I don't know if they would tell us if he was, but, um, you know, he's a really good deep threat. He had eight touchdowns last year. He's really slowed down lately. He hasn't been getting open as much as they need to, but he's a guy that can blow the top off a of defense and he can kind of change things and run by a corner. And if, if they can get him going, then that would really definitely go a long way towards like getting the passing game back. Another big, huge news item that, that dropped today, obviously, uh, James Bradbury going on the COVID list. Yeah. as a contact, a high-risk contact, I think, and not being able to play this game. I mean, my goodness, 
<laughs> what is going on? And, and what impact is that going to have on this defense? He is obviously one of the best cornerbacks in the game. Uh, it's, it's a devastating loss. Um, he's kind of been everything to their defense this year. They, he's the best corner they've had in this team in a long time. He's shut down. He had maybe one bad game this year. Um, and he's just generally kind of shut down a side of the field and it's allowed the rest of the secondary to be able to do things. So now that he's out, they technically only have one healthy cornerback on their active roster right now. And it's named Isaac Guidom, who's played well recently, but you don't want him covering Jarvis Landry or, you know, anyone's number one receiver. So they're going to probably have to call up a couple practice squad guys. They're probably going to have to move some safeties over to corner. Like they're, they're, Patrick Graham's really creative as a defensive coordinator this year, but they're really going to test his mettle this week. And especially, you know, I, we all saw what the Browns just did against the Ravens, obviously. Their offense is, just seems to be picking it up steam right now at a time right when the Giants are, you know, just lost their best player on defense. So I, I'm very concerned about that. And where I thought maybe they could keep it close before, I, I'm not so convinced anymore with Bradbury out. Uh, a guy I want to ask you about on that defense is somebody that we obviously know well, uh, and that, that's Jabril Peppers. He was a guy that when he was here, he was always an interesting interview kind of fun to talk to and, and really an intriguing player. Uh, what, what has he shown you this year? Yeah, the last, I mean, he, he was hurt in the beginning of the year. And then since he came back, I think he's played the best football probably of his NFL career. Um, I think Patrick Graham's really like figured out the right way to use him. And that's moving him around the field, sending him in on blitzes, you know, ha having him cover him the slot every now and then. And, you know, I mean, as you guys know, he, he just plays with like so much energy and that kind of rubs off. And I think the combination of him and Logan Ryan next to each other, because they both can play so many different spots on the defense. I think it's just really opened him up. And, you know, he, I think he has like 10 pass deflections, which is a career high. And he, he just seems to be around the ball a lot. And uh, he, he definitely, you know, I mean, everybody's been talking about that Odell Beckham trade this week. And, you know, looking back now, based on how these guys are playing, how, how it looks. And Jabril Prever is a big part of that. He's, he's playing like they envisioned he would when Dave Gettleman said, we view him as like a first round pick in this trade or whatever he said. And yeah, he's definitely been better than I thought he was going to be this year. So given all these events, all these uh, news items that have come down, uh, do you, I don't, we don't know if you for sure make picks, but uh, if we can, if we can put you on the spot here, uh, what do you think is going to happen in this game and why? Uh, I think the Browns are going to have their way with the Giants, to be honest with you, just based on everything that's happened. Um, the Giants have kept almost every game close this year. They got beat pretty bad by the Cardinals, beat pretty bad by the 49ers or this year, but losing James Bradbury, I originally was going to predict it to be a, a closer game, but I think if I'm putting a number to it, I would say maybe the Browns 31, uh, Giants 13. I, I just don't see them being able to score very many points with Colt McCoy in there either. So it's, it's, it's not really a recipe for a great Sunday night football game, I would say. I, I do want to ask you one more question. Um, I'm not going to ask you who won the trade, but I'm curious what <laughs> When you hear from Giants fans, I'm curious how they feel about the Odell Beckham trade, because I think Browns fans, you know, are disappointed that Beckham hasn't quite hit here. But, you know, we were talking about this earlier this week. They've kind of replaced a lot of the pieces they gave up in that deal anyway. How do Giants fans feel about that trade a couple years later? You know, it's, it's really good. like if you just look at it purely based on like value of the trade and the guys that they got from it and how they're playing, I think they like it for sure. You know, Dexter Lawrence is a guy they drafted with one of those picks. He looks like a really talented player. Jabril Peppers has been good. Um, and I mean, I guess Kevin Zeitler is technically a part of the trade too, if you want to like combine those two trades or whatever. So those are three starter quality guys, but then, I mean, you think you, you still have to factor in like the situation from when it happened. I think Giants fans are still kind of bitter about the way Dave Gettleman handled that. You know, he signed him, said we're not, we didn't sign him to trade him. And then he, then he traded him a year later. And 
you know, he did that after admitting that, you know, he didn't circle back to the other teams that were interested to try and get more out of it. Like, I, I just think the way they approached the trade was bad. But like, if you just look purely at Odell Beckham for these guys, these draft picks, I, I, I think Giants fans are pretty happy with it, honestly. You know, I do have one more for you, if you don't mind. And that is, even without Bradbury, we've heard so much about this defense and what uh, Graham does with this defense in terms of uh, disguising and giving different looks and uh, that he'll try to kind of cross up uh, Baker Mayfield that way. Is that, you know, can that still happen? Can they still be effective and do all those sorts of things the way that they want to without Bradbury in the game? It definitely changes, you know, the formula a little bit because they're maybe restricted in how they can like use a Logan Ryan where they have to, where they normally can move him around. Maybe he's going to play a little more corner now, but you know, Patrick Graham, you know, he's made do with what he has all year. He's, he's played guys that wouldn't be on most rosters. He's their outside linebacker group. They lost their top four guys. And that group has played pretty well recently. Seventh round picks are starting there and they still just haven't been getting, you know, beat up really, really badly. And uh, I, I do, I, I think if anybody can figure it out, it's him. I just think this is, the hardest hand he's been dealt this year. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, Zach, we appreciate you taking the time. That is Zach Rosenblatt. Of course he covers the giants for NJ advanced media. That's NJ.com. The Newark star ledger. That is our sister website here at cleveland.com. And you can follow him on Twitter. It's at Zach Blatt. That's Z a C K. And then two T's Zach. Appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Thanks for having me on guys. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks. Zach.